Think of a time when you experienced a conversation that left you with a new perspective or perhaps an inquiry, or you might have felt that something has shifted in you after that conversation. Maybe it helped you gain a new level of clarity or moved you to take action. That was a coaching conversation. Hello and welcome to the Coaching Conversation Podcast. This is your host, Salah Alethi. Today, I have a special guest that I'm really honored to have on this podcast, April Jefferson, someone who have been putting a lot of amazing work in the world and opening spaces, facilitating a lot of social changes and blend of uh, skills. Welcome, April. Good to have you. Thank you so much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here and just have a conversation with you. And that's what I love more than anything. And what I say a little bit of about me is my journey. It's not like everyone in our space or spaces per se. I started off working in the XP team and began experimenting with the agile values by simply saying, if I were to focus on this one fully, how can it manifest? And that has kind of led to me uh, walking always in mindset over framework. And it brings me to where I'm at today. Yeah, I find it really fascinating that everyone I talk to, usually there's a common theme about starting with values. And even in the agile space, we've the agile values and principles. So how has the values of Agile or, or your values, you, you have a, a lot of values that you operate from in your work, like connection, empathy. How has that affected your choices and where, where to go next? I think by focusing on values, for me, it has brought me further to a space of freedom over fear. It's the mm -hmm. best way to uh, summarize it. For each value that I have adopted from these different mindsets, whether it's from Agile, Lean, Design, thinking, teal, and, and reinventing work in open space by me focusing on the, the value side and the principles within them has led me to a space of freedom, a freedom that I didn't have before, a space where I can realize what I thought were my strengths. I mean, what I thought were my vulnerabilities were actually my strengths. And that's wonderful to be at. And I've even mentored youth when they told me, oh, these are all the negative things about themselves. Imagine a space where those negative things that you think about yourself were actually positives. And how could you add value to the world with those? Yeah. It's quite um, amazing to see that aha moment visually that happens within oneself for myself and, and to see it in others. It's interesting because most of the work that we do about change and some companies or people look at change as what we don't want rather than what they do want. And like you said, you know, focus on all the things that are actually pulling them down or slowing them down rather than finding what is it that can open up that space and freedom to move forward. Right. Because when, when you find that uh, diamond in the rough, you brush it off, right? You kind of shine it. So you get a chance to shine it and get off those things that uh, maybe weren't so wonderful about it and are able to allow to clean what is in a, in a unique way. I sense a lot of passion in your voice. It shows that you want to bring change, not just at the personal level, like one-on-one -on -one with people or, or company 
but also like community-wide. And uh, that's something really inspiring. So I want to start by open space because I think that's relevant to what you just said about like opening up freedom and unleashing potential for companies and people. How did you come across the open space? Or maybe uh, step back and tell us a little bit what it is. I don't know if, if many people will be familiar with it. So open space is simply, I call like a just a loose structure or a microstructure to gather around, to work through problems, to experiment, to ask questions. And it's quite powerful what emerges there. It's not curated, but it's organic. Mm-hmm. So we talked uh, several times before about open space and, and how there's a lot of potential to using that, not just companies, organizations, but also like possibilities are endless for bringing community together, bringing people together. I so- can share a little bit of the different ways I've used open space. Um, I definitely have done it to bring communities together, such as the Agile community or other thought communities together, whether it's consultants Mm -hmm. or whatnot, and just people from uh, a diversity of communities, which I'm putting on one next month for bringing multiple thought communities together to look at how they're going to explore disruption. And it's global from people from all over the world are joining in for 24 hours. So so you can do unique things with it. But I've also brought it I've done it in organizations, uh, like with teams as well for the larger uh, corporations for their entire leadership team. And uh, recently for our Agile community, I've done it uh, for social change, growing racial equity. I know you've done several of them, the ones for the community, the one that was the beginning of the pandemic and you co-facilitated one, and then you did one on recovery recently. Uh, What will things look beyond this time or uncertainty? certainty. And you facilitated uh, several of them also with the Agile community on racial equity. I've done, and I would say since this pandemic, I've been a part of 10 open spaces. And whether as a, a participant or organizer as a facilitator. I probably facilitated maybe six out of the 10, but mm-hmm. I'm a, a lover of open space. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious from what you've experienced so far with the in-person and virtual, what's the experience like? Do you do you see a difference between having people in the room versus online? There, there are some differences, but some people have been uh, holding back from attending virtual open space because it they believe it will lose the magic uh, that it has and the connection. And I believe it depends. As I said, I've been to a lot of open space during this time, virtual. Some people, I think, they get it right. And other things, uh, they have fallen behind. And what matters is there's a lot that goes into holding space, this idea of holding space. For myself, how I curate spaces, the first thing I think about is how do I want how do I help people to feel and think? You know, I take the design thinking process. I'll, I'll empathy map what's going on for them when they walk away and say, in order for them to walk away with these things, what needs to be present? Yeah. And and that really supports holding the space. It doesn't mean that you'll get it perfect because we're trying to figure out with, you know, technology and its limitations to mirror that. But some of the biggest thing that I would say that the difference for me is has been as a facilitator when I don't 
get to to hear all of the conversations, the hallway conversations, and also just walking the space and just hearing the different sessions that's going on. Because yeah. in an online space, there's other roles that are required that aren't in a physical place, which of course you have a volunteer team helping it be successful. The volunteers look differently. Like someone being there to help people navigate around. People are playing tech roles or producer roles. There's different roles that play in an online open space to help it be successful. And I find that pairing on facilitation makes it a, a lot better. So you can, so each pair can have an opportunity to enjoy the open space, you know, whether it's bumblebeeing around a little bit. And and that's kind of normally as a, when I'm facilitating, I kind of walk as a, you know, a little bit as a bumblebee and, and a butterfly, really. That role is a little bit more difficult or it has to be designed a little bit differently in a virtual setting than in person because we lose mm -hmm. the, the learning by osmosis or we can join a conversation or go to a different place. So part of the design of the experience is to find how can we still apply some of the open space principles or at least the mindset in a virtual setting? Yeah, for, for me to do that, my litmus test is does it honor all the things and decisions that we make in mm -hmm. creating that space? Does it honor the principles of open space and in the law that uh, powers it and so mobility is like number one there so if I stack it, it's like, hey, how do we honor mobility? Because that's what I talked about before for freedom, right? Mm -hmm. um, so looking at all the different ways and how many different ways can mobility manifest? I like to hold open spaces. Well, like people can join it the way they want, you know, like if they're joining by their laptop or desktop or tablet or phone. And if they wanted to like walk and join sessions, how can I promote mobility? Mm. How can people move freely without me intervening? So those are the, some of the things that I think about. Can you define what's what's the law of mobility for people who are not familiar with it? Okay, yeah. Uh, the law of mobility are, you know, as I like to characterize as the law of personal mobility is where if you're not adding value or receiving value, move to someplace that you can't. Like you are control, you and only you are in control of that. It puts the responsibility on the participants. Talk about the law of mobility. That really, that law there is what caused me to fall in love with open space. When I went to my first coach camp, and that's where I first experienced open space. One big thing that I walked away with and yeah. uh, started and was able to manifest it in my own life. It's almost like encouraging people to have a, a choice. Even at the micro level in meetings, people feel like they join a meeting, they have to stay on. Even if they're not participating, they're not contributing, they're not receiving any value. They just sit through it until it ends. You know, if we apply that same mindset, you are free to choose whether you want to stay or leave and find value some other place. So what has been your inspiration to facilitate open space? Experience experience in it. Mm -hmm. My, the, the first uh, open space I attended, I was like, okay, I can do that. The way that in care and understanding, like for me, it wasn't simply, oh, this is a framework on what we're organizing. I took the heart, you know, I really connected with the principle and the law and said, oh, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. I want to do that. So I took opportunities like, okay, where else can I do it? This is important. And I said that I can do that as well. One of the things that I love to do with all things is to make it a 
accessible, whether it's open space or design thinking or looking at agile lane is that is uh, to have it accessible for others. I don't always look for, yes, you can uh, go to training to help you hone your craft with different things, but sometimes there's others. For me, I've by, you know, curating spaces, it was a natural fit for me to just go ahead and experiment with many others. I paired with new facilitators. I've seen, I think it's how you hold the space that people can learn from it. And it's basically understanding why you're doing what you're doing and mm. not the theater of open space. Because it can you, manifest differently. You've designed a game and called Unlocking Potential, which is yeah, again a manifest. Tabi, that, uh, yeah. the, t- the tagline for Tabi is <sighs> Unlocking Potential. And yeah. it is really bringing those uh, multiple community of thoughts together in one game to understand. And we say it often that it depends. There's not one way to solve problems. There's not one way to uh, achieve outcomes. There's many ways. Yeah, that's always a, a challenge. When there's a big conflict, they feel like there's only one way to do something. And that's usually not true. So what have opened up for you as you facilitated open spaces? Any insights that have emerged from this work? Yeah, there are a few key insights. One of the things I say with open space, this is where I learn. I, and I learn differently in open space. You learn by conversation. You learn by like doing, like I love applied learning. And you can find that at open space. Mm-hmm. I find that even when I go to conferences that I gravitate it to the hallway track, as we call it. And so basically it's more, you know, that being a butterfly at conferences. So open space was natural for me to go to because there I didn't go to like sessions long or I would buzz about. So the learning that I received there and just new topics, like the idea for the one open space I'm doing in September that came about in the open space for one uh, exercise I created, like it's on tech. Tasty Cupcakes and with Paul Booz and I, we created that at an open space and kind of let it sit for a while. Then we started doing it and people loved it. Like, oh yeah, we should probably uh, start sharing this around. It is uh, a lot of new things emerge from open space. One of the other things that I would like to tell people who haven't been is that the closest, my closest comrades in this community, I've met at Open Space. That's why like you and I have a connection with so many others, especially it's kind of like that first Open Space you go to, if it's really good, those are some of the closest people to me and still today, no matter what. So one way I describe that is that at Open Space, you kind of find your tribe, you find your people Mm -hmm. and you're going to be different people, but you find your people. And then also in open space, you discover the leader within. It unlocks your potential. Mm. And that's why it's so magical. Yeah. And and that's why I created open spaces like Women in Agile Open. I felt like, hey, like this is nice, this Women in Agile thing. But if uh, we want to grow the pipeline of women leaders, then this is the way to do it. Mm. And it's amazing like what comes out of it and the stories that come out of it. And especially what's important too, which we haven't talked about is a really strong thing that connects one another. And yeah. I find that life changing where people say, I've changed my career. I've changed all this. So much things happen for me out of it. I think to me, the biggest thing is like, you feel that everyone has a voice and they can share their voice. There was a couple of questions that came through the chat. Uh, Diana, do you want to join? It's been a while, but I think I have been part of one or two 
open spaces. It's kind of like when you just show up and then you guys decide what the topic is or what you're most interested in topic, talking about. It's not like too self-directed. So my question is, in your experience, since it seems like you've been part of a lot of them, what do you think is the right size for an open space? Obviously it's kind of whoever shows up, but when does it get too big to be effective? Like I find during quarantine, you know, if I think of FaceTime calls with family or friends, there's kind of some magical size. I don't know exactly where it is. Maybe it's six where it becomes hard to feel like you're part of an intimate conversation. And then you're kind of part more of like a crowd after six, you know, and that's, that's online, right? Which is obviously kind of a different forum, but for an open space, just like when, when does it become too big to really be having those intimate and effective conversations? That's a great question. I really believe in the principle uh, that whoever's there are the right people. Of course, when you state that, that also implies that they were invited. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, past the invitation of who was invited, like who shows up are the right people, and that's including an open space, is is unlike where I've seen often that sometimes people call it an open space, but it's really a lean coffee, and that's like different. So I want to characterize with open space, you're having people are going to different spaces, rooms. We here online, we call them like breakout rooms versus, you know, the library or the kitchen or different things like that. And with that, you're going to have people show up differently. So maybe it's six, maybe it's eight, but maybe it's only eight for a moment because they're bumblebeeing around. That means they're going from space to space. For the entire circle, I haven't facilitated an open space more than 350 myself, but there are people who have, you know, gone way over that in the hundred. I think Kirsten Owen has probably gone over a thousand or multiple thousands. I don't know the number. I haven't actually met him in person, uh, unlike many other open space facilitators. But you can do this in very large crowds. Uh, the virtual space, of course, is unique. Sometimes I think we put constraints on ourselves, like constraints on the number of spaces instead of just allowing it to naturally happen with those space. However many rooms it is, is however many rooms it is. And the number of people, they'll naturally select to show up. So when I'm facilitating open space, I don't do a thing where like, hey, you know, who's going to show up? You know, show me your end. That's not a part of it. We want them to have safety to go as they want. What I do encourage, though, is that when you're in those spaces, kind of use that clean team agreements. Be curious listen, give everyone a voice, you know, check for understanding and that type of thing. And you'll find that there's space for everyone to speak if they want to. You know, of course, we don't want to force anyone to speak. Some people may just want to listen and that's their learning style and that's okay. And uh, we have to always remember to kind of check ourselves to say, are we expecting something from someone else? And also check ourselves, are we giving a space for others to have a voice? So I looked up some of the initiatives people have done with open space. And I, I believe I found this video uh, for the Girl Scouts and they held an open space with 3000 people. And I was just uh, blown away, but that's the largest number I've heard. But I want to come back to your comment earlier, April, about loose structure, which to me, I think it makes this format very powerful and brings a lot of the value from the people that, that attend it. 
the first time I heard of it, I felt like this is chaos. This, you know, this is something that was not very organized. But after the experience, I felt, okay, this is actually where we should operate. So in your experience, what do you think make this format so powerful? And what have you found to be the power in this format? What makes it effective? I, I believe it's because, as I articulated earlier, is that the freedom <laughs> that it grants people. And yes, it's uncomfortable for some if they've never been before. And I've seen others, you know, often because when I'm holding space and afterwards say, that was really great and amazing, April, but I'm I was concerned about everyone else is going to perceive it, mm. um, especially when I've done it in organizations. It's like, oh, you really slowed down. Like when I host space in the circle, like I'm a fast talker, fast walker. But when I'm there and that, I, uh, breath is very important. But openness and giving time for people to think and it brings you into a meditative state but quite often I get the feedback from basically everyone there they loved it but they're concerned how everyone else perceives it and uh and it's authentic in that because it's different so people are so used to not being free having schedules feeling that they must be somewhere like feeling obligation instead of saying hmm it, it brings you a space that where you kind of challenge your assumptions. You find safety into challenging things that you've learned and been doing a very long time. And that's what happened for me. And I know a lot of people experience that. Oh, I'm going to start challenging these things. And often that's what we see in organizations. And when you try to change something, there is this tension. And I think open space can bring that tension to the surface so that we can actually talk about it. So what have you seen as far as things that are similar or different between community-driven open spaces and inside organizations? Do you, oh, are there great any- question. I, I see a, I do see a big difference. A lot of times community and I would see community stuff, you don't see often action. Although mm-hmm. I, I share with you multiple things that I'm doing because I'm a person that like action saying like, oh, real things can uh, come out of this open space. I think other than, I believe like Modern Agile came out of open space. There's a lot of different things that people have created from uh, different leaders in our space have happen through open space or kind of is you can find like draw roots from it through open space but with organizational open space the ones that i have facilitated and seen is that when they leave with actions they actually come to fruition that you have the right people that organize around it and the right thoughts the conversation they haven't held and they just feel so empowered to see it through and I've seen uh, places where almost over 90% of the things came to fruition. The other things were still in progress for open space that came out of the open space. And that has been a, a common theme around organizational open space that I went to. It's really, really exciting to see it happen. Um, and that's why you have other people who are using open space, like with Fast Agile, which is the fluid agile scaling technology, where they're doing it, saying like, hey, we're doing it daily. It's changing the way you look at it to say like, oh, it's more than just an event. This is our way of working. Harrison Owen usually, he uses two words when it comes to open space, the, the, the passion and responsibility. So, you know, having the passion to actually come together and have an open space, there is some sort of a theme or a topic pressing that people want to discuss and explore. And then responsibility is actually following it up with action and taking 
taking it forward. Like you said, the community driven sometimes, they, they got together, they discussed a few things and they still find value in it, but then, you know, maybe there's no no next steps. There, there's uh, a lot of it is like personal value, personal learning that they could mm-hmm. take back. So, um, so there, there's action, just the action looks different versus a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, a group of people connected all to the same thing and and moving forward in it. That's a good insight. I think maybe the value for community is people attending can walk away with questioning their assumptions and and maybe that will start to stretch them in a way that help them grow. And for organizations, like you said, it's a different because they have a shared purpose to, to change something and to move forward. So open space, sometimes it's a tough sell for for organizations that or even for leaders community leaders to bring people together and have this discussion about something that everyone is passionate about because there's there's this fear of conflict or negativity and open space will surface some of that if it's run in a way that bring that to the surface so for the all the organization open spaces i have run basically there's a complex problem you know something that's paradoxical, right? That they quite haven't been able to solve. And it's constantly burning. It's been an issue and it's been an issue for a very long time. Open space is the best place to bring those. And it's great to have an outside facilitator to do that so um, that everyone there at all levels of the organization can participate depending on sometimes people have done it with particular teams you know like a, a body of people maybe i've done one with just coaches before you know inside an organization i've done it with leadership and i've done it for you know a greater organization so but figure out like that complex problem one of the things that i think as well as uh the importance of like having that sponsorship to be yeah. okay to be in that space so like the sponsor is very important and uh our organizational leadership is saying like okay it's okay to be here today that you know like this is work uh you know us investing in this and that is a, a very uh, important role that's an important role in organizations and especially when you're doing like community initiatives uh to understand the why you mentioned complex problems problems that have no one right solution and that's what creates the tension because i want to go this way you want to go that way and that causes tension so we either find ourselves just avoiding each other everyone just go their own way and and if we're in the same organization that's a problem right because we're not collaborating that's not a good outcome so the open space can bring that together assuming people are open and willing to to do that so we talked a little bit about open space as the actual format meeting and an open space as a mindset. How do you bring the mindset, the open space mindset to an organization? Maybe they're not ready for the the actual meeting, the format with everyone coming together. How do you start with that open space mindset? Yeah, when I engage uh, as, say, a coach, from uh, from every interaction, from every moment, I engage with that mindset. I've uh, uh, allowed them to challenge that when uh, I'll encourage people to audit their, for example, to audit their calendar, something Mm. as simple as that and saying, you know, often like ask questions, do you need to be there? Right. And they're like, oh, I haven't thought about that. And you know, have permission, you know, when you ask them those uh, questions, allow them to reflect on it. 
and instead of uh, me telling, I don't tell people what to do, that's consulting, but uh, they offer, I can share like, hey, these are some ways that I may have solved that if they, if they have invited me to uh, help guide them in that way. But from, from every interaction, you know, supporting them to be able to be free, to own for themselves their journey. That's one way I approach it is that I believe that change, transformation is sustainable if people own their own change. We're yeah. just helping su support them along the way and giving them, you know, a clearing with mindset to be able to freely do so. What I like about that is like it's a simple step. Yet it's so difficult sometimes to just say no to going to a meeting that you know that you're not really going to be contributing or receiving any any value. And sometimes that takes a lot of courage or it takes an invitation from the leadership to allow people or let people decide that everyone can apply this law of mobility organization-wide uh, and see what what happens. And that's even determined like, hey, do we do we want meetings? To me, I don't want meetings. I like mm -hmm. uh, working time together, right? Mm -hmm. You know, are we doing work together? Because if you're just providing information, do you need a meeting? What's the best way that people prefer to receive that information? There could be multiple ways. Maybe they do want to sit in a room with them, but maybe they would like to receive it in a different way. But uh, maybe the reserves, like when you gather, like for us to do work, uh, yeah. to promote, you know, pairing, uh, mobbing, yeah. storming, or what, whatever type of way they like to... Uh, self-organize and, yeah. and that that changes it to get them to start working collaboratively to say like hey you know what and we can do that at any time let's schedule like hey this is open for us to do this together all the time we want to be open to collaborate in this way mm -hmm. and uh, and how can we do that and that's one of the things that we've uh, done a lot in uh, this space is have more open spaces to do that uh, physically I've also, we're more remote teams where we just stayed on the line together all day long and mm -hmm. like collaborated in that type of thing. Um, so it may manifest differently. People will figure out what's right for them. And that's where invitation is important to bring people to the understanding that meeting is not the only way to create and to uh, work together and be productive. There is multiple ways, like you said. So I want to take a pause here and, and invite you to uh, the conversation here or type something in the chat. Yeah, I'm looking at the chat. Uh, how does one become a part or get plugged in? The, this is my first time hearing it. But uh, I invite you to attend one of my open spaces. Uh, one of the things I care about, uh, for example, the one I'm doing next is a 24-hour open space. It's global, so it's open for all. Like, So experience it. That's the best way to learn is be a part of it. And you can also, uh, like Harrison Owen has done a great job to have it as, it's just free out there mm -hmm. uh, to learn about open space. You can go to Open Space World, for example, to read about open space. But the best place to learn is by attending and being a part yeah. of one. This is like coaching. When people ask about what is coaching, it's like, I usually give this um, metaphor of like, it's you can learn how to ride a bike by reading about riding a bike. Even though, like you said, you look up Harrison Owen, if you look up Michael Herman, uh, has a lot of work on open space but attending it is a different experience you know i first read about it and i thought it was like this is a chaotic way to run an event but then when i experienced it i'm like okay this is actually the way to run the events going forward definitely the literature out there doesn't it really tells you like like hey how how to do it but it doesn't really describe the experience 
yeah. you know, and what we say often in open space is to expect the unexpected. That's our tagline that you'll hear yeah. often, expect the unexpected, because that's literally yeah. what happens. Yeah, be prepared to be surprised and mm -hmm. expect the unexpected are two phrases I hear often in open spaces. So there is a question about like technology. Jim, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm just curious. It's a global open space. This applies uh, obviously to all virtual things. I've seen one example of, of a software that supports open space, um, kind of like Zoom does for these kinds of things. I'm curious, April, what is it that you've found to be effective in that space? Every open space, people have used different things. And some things I love and some things I don't, and that all really has to do with the law of mobility. Or if the tech, sometimes tech can get a, the way. I like to choose tech that focus on the conversation over the technology. But people have done different things and based upon what they've had and been able to do it successfully, surprisingly. But actually, although many people aren't a big fan of Microsoft Teams, I've been to an open space in Toronto where they used that and where they were able to uh, hack it, uh, as anyone do, into so they could fully embrace the law of mobility, and that went well. For this global open space, um, we are thinking about moving to Kiko Chat. I don't know if you heard about Kiko Chat, but it uses Zoom, and and they'll have like multiple uh, Zoom accounts with it and you can see where people are in what rooms and you can see their faces too as you move through spaces but that's a little bit more heavier uh one open space i just did i use one zoom account and basically just gave everyone co-host capability so they could move around freely and that worked out well it kind of lives to me within the open space values of that trust that's there, right? Trusting everyone to do that. It may be harder to manage with the, the global open space. We're still, we're going to do our final two selection in the next week to figure out what do we really want to do based upon those things. Because with Kiko Chat, there is a lot of customization to get it to work freely. But what I love about it, everything is um, try to have, you know, a single source, a single place where we're doing all things and that Kiko Chat does that for you. Another tool that I really love, I believe will revolutionize open space if they can get their stuff together, it's pretty new, is um, I believe it's called Virtual Facilitator or Visual Facilitator. Um, and only thing for me, they need to improve their video quality and also up the number of people that could be a part of an instance. But literally the reason why I say it'll revolutionize open space is because people, you can create rooms and when it's over it's over then people can naturally just create their spaces so you don't have to worry about hey you know what i uh, said i would be in this room at this time it's no going over people you can just create a new instance but that's about tools and yeah. <laughs> if you want to know more about all the different tools and what i loved or didn't like about it and why i've seen uh, open space with Miro and Miro and mm. and the list goes on and on about different ways that people experiment with open space but one of the great things is people that experiment it with it and that they made it work and there's some things that I like about it and that also was about the design of the space because I've seen um, with certain tools where it it was not a great experience and other with the same tool it was a it was a great experience but that goes into a whole other component yeah I like the focus on the on the design and the experience 
rather than the, the technology. You know, we started the conversation with the values. You know, one of the values that, that we know in the agile value is individuals and interactions <laughs> over uh, processes and tools. I think there is a balance, especially now with the virtual. What have you found in terms of designing the experience? Where do you put the focus? I know you said the, the people, how the law of mobility. Are there anything else that you do to make this experience really beneficial for the participants or having those like feel like, okay, this is really, we feel like engaged in part of this experience? I really think about every word that utters out of my mouth. I would say if you, I know you have, or for others who haven't seen me, if, you know, when I'm holding space that I use language the, that invokes freedom, invitation, an offering. That whole offer-seek idea is very important. When I'm organizing open space, I don't have to facilitate every open space that I organize. Really putting myself in the minds of the people that show up. And what I hear often, especially in the physical space, is that uh, people feel cared for. You know, I think about that. You know, we understand that we're a, a diverse group of people. So if we're having an event with food, I I care enough that everyone's uh, dietary uh, restrictions are met. And I've had someone, she couldn't ba barely eat anything. And, and she ate well. She said she ate better than this in her entire life. And like being cared for that way, those special touches. Because again, there's not, it's a very loose structure. So you can add your own special touches in the way. I'm excited to, uh, to see what other people experiment and the things they do. I can learn from others. I hopefully people can learn from me too a bit. Um, and and say, wow, you know what? That's one way I want to experiment with. I don't think any open space I have facilitated the same. There's still, there's an art of facilitation. I'm, it's not ro robotic. Wait, I'm, I'm reading the I'm reading the room, whether virtually or in person, you know, or, or where I'm kind of going next. Mm. And and that's a, a part of that, that organicness, the messiness of it all is, is fun to look at. But I say, like, you know, use, as I mentioned, things, like, yeah, the design thinking, like, go into the mindset of the people that you're creating the space for and, and think about our, all the elements of open space uh, present. We haven't talked about the elements. Uh, uh, for me, uh, for people who aren't uh, familiar with the elements of open space, there's four elements. One is the circle. And you're like, well, how do we do a circle virtually? And by the way, the circle is very important. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm dogmatic about anything, <laughs> is that is that circle? I've seen, I've almost every open space that I go to is that I have to rearrange the chairs, like in the physical space, to make it an actual circle. Mm -hmm. This. And like how this space, this circle invites connection. And what we're doing in the virtual world is, uh, so uh, as a facilitator, you figure out how can I invite connection when I'm opening, even though like we're in separate spaces, but you can't, you know, like you can do it. Uh, so like discover that. And then there's, of course, uh, the bulletin board. And that's just where, you know, people get information of the conversations that are happening. And then the marketplace. Uh, um, a lot of times you may hear some people call the bulletin board the marketplace and, you know, that's okay. But the marketplace is uh, where the conversations are happening. I describe it simply as a farmer's market, right? You know, you're like going from place to place and having those conversations is the best way to have it. And I spoke about it earlier, which is breath, where, you know, that inviting space there. 
you know, in, innovation happens uh, with the white space that we uh, we put in and put out there. Yeah, I actually didn't think of. I mean, I know the circle is important, but I didn't think of the of that until you mentioned it. Especially uh, in a virtual setting, that's it's different. That you still can do, you know, invite the connection, but physical circle was was something that is that really invited people into the the space to put up topics, to build the marketplace, and to feel connected. So, can you share? And I can share that actually. If you send me the link, put it out there the global open space you're doing if you have the link you yeah. know, please share and sure. uh, and then the other question here diana feel free to jump in if you can if, uh, i can jump in so i know you talked a lot about i forgot what you called it but the theory of movement or being able to move in out of space and how important that was kind of triggered a thought for me how do you know when a speak is a space is no longer working for you because i've definitely find in many uh, cases, you know, I, mm-hmm. five or 10 minutes, I'm kind of daydreaming off. I'm like, I don't know if this is working for me anymore. Like kind of let me leave. And then something happens or somebody says something and it kind of like re-engages me. And, and now I'm part of the conversation again. And kind of like that, should I stay? Should I go? Do a... Some are very obvious. You're very engaged, but some are less so. And, and when is it time to say, you know what, this is 30% helpful, not 80% are like it's time to move on or let me stay because I'm get I'm still getting some something out of this. Yeah, I I think you probably answered your own question uh, <laughs> in a way, which you articulated beautifully. Your body's kind of letting you know. And um, you can start uh, screeching toward the door. With open space, you don't need to announce that you're moving. Just move. And uh, you can always come back. I've come back to spaces. Sometimes it's people move from space to space because they have FOMO, which is fear of missing out. Mm. Is that just move. Yeah, the fear of missing out can get in the way of the law of mobility. That's why the responsibility is on the person to take that responsibility and if if they're not contributing and they're not adding value and or they're receiving value then it's on them to to move or walk away or find somewhere else where they can provide value or receive value i was i'll give you an example on how i leveraged this and invited people for mobility which Selah did here even on this call is that i remember i was doing a workshop at a conference and i let people know we were doing a de- design thinking experience uh, me and my pair brielle who's also the co-creator of the game we have Tabby out there and and we said we were talking about hate crime in in the Columbus area and we've done a lot of these design thinking workshops and we did a lot of research and seeing what is going on in this community and it was very apparent there so I already knew it's going to be a push button hot topic and triggering so we like let people know like this is what we're leveraging this around and uh, and we invite people to uh if uh you don't want to be a part of it, you know, it's okay to freely move. And people exercise that. And some people's like, why did you do that? I said, well, I want people who here who want to like engage in the conversation. And people did say on all sides of the issue where people said, some people argued, is hate crime even real? You know, is it legitimate? That's okay. What my job was is to be a facilitator and uh, and not uh, hold a position. Um, and that's a craft to learn too. Some people have a hard time. They want to engage in it. Um, I really take a stance, um, no matter what the topic, that I can be a neutral party and allow them to go through, you know, that groan to figure it out in their in their groups so that yeah yeah. that's very uh insightful i think on on one hand or one end of the spectrum
spectrum, there is the the emotions are higher. It's a hot button topic, and that can the facilitator needs to be uh, aware of that and figure out how to be more inquisitive and step back and reflect rather than push something forward. And on the other end of the spectrum, there is the maybe the lack of passion about a certain topic, and people are just looking at each other and there no one is putting any anything out on the marketplace, and that's also a problem, right? So the, there is the lack of passion or the passion is so strong or the emotion is so high. They're kind of like different uh, on different ends of the spectrum. Is there a way how you manage? How, the question I'm hearing is how do I handle others leveraging the law of mobility, you know, when I'm doing something? Was that the question? That's a good way to reframe it. So for me, because again, getting to that walking, I've done a lot of work to walk in freedom over fear. Mm-hmm. And um, by uh, walking in an open space mindset, I understand that they're making the best decisions for themselves and that we can only control two things in life. We can control our own behavior, not someone else's, and our own thoughts. So if those are the only thing I can control, I have no, no reason to be concerned about what others are doing, you know, and uh, what actions they're taking. I trust that they're making the best decision for themselves without any judgment. That's a good way to look at it. You know, operating out of freedom and choice and choosing, you know, how to respond is a way to operate, not just in open space, but in general. <laughs> and that takes a lot of practice. So this seems like a good uh, a good place to wrap up. Anything you want to leave us with before we... Uh before we we wrap up. I just invite people to uh, be curious and curious people are coachable. Um, I believe that we can do a lot of that work. Uh, Coaches need to be coached for people who are here in a type of coaching role, no matter your title, like we all do a little bit of coaching there. Mm -hmm. And uh, to like, I say if you, like for me, I would never say that I'm an expert anything because um, that means I, I don't have something to learn. If I have something to learn and I'm open up to that, then there's curiosity there. So I leave that. Be curious. Ask yourself uh, with, with your actions, especially in, in this world today. Is this is this coming from uh, fear or freedom? Mm. And, you know, as we enter into, especially here in the U.S., uh, election cycle in the news, I do that often. Just say, huh, I'm going to be in uh, freedom and not... Uh, allow fear to control me. That's choosing from freedom rather than fear. I really love this. And uh, this is uh, resonating. So thank you, April. It's been a pleasure having you. And I really looking forward to, uh, to having you again and continue this conversation on open space and beyond. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was, it's been fun. Hey, thank you for listening. I hope this conversation gave you something to think about or take action on. Remember, take action and get clarity. Then repeat. 